Welcome to The Rework with Allison Tyler-Jones, a podcast dedicated to inspiring portrait photographers to uniquely brand, profitably price, and confidently sell their best work. Allison has been doing just that for the last 15 years, and she's proven that it's possible to create unforgettable art and run a portrait business that supports your family and your dreams. All it takes is a little rework. Episodes will include interviews with experts from in and outside of the photo industry, mini workshops, and behind-the-scenes secrets that Allison uses in her portrait studio every single day. She will challenge your thinking and inspire your confidence to create a profitable, sustainable portrait business you love through continually refining and reworking your business. Let's do the rework. Welcome back. Today, I brought to work my very best friend and interior designer, Caroline DeCesare, who also happens to be my little sister. And she is going to share with us her opinions and thoughts on portraits in interior design. So I can't wait for you to hear all of her advice, insights, wisdom, all the good things. I am so excited to introduce you to probably besides my husband and my children, one of my favorite people in this entire world. And this is my sister, Caroline DeCesare, who's joining us today. Say hi, Caroline. Hello. Hi. And Caroline is a luxury interior designer here in Arizona. And she does the most amazing, beautiful projects. And we'll link to her website in the show notes. But I wanted to bring her on because she is going to be a regular guest. She doesn't know that, but she's going to be a regular guest on our podcast as she's rolling her eyes right now. But I wanted to start her maiden voyage with the Rework podcast by talking about how interior designers feel about portraits in the interior of a home. How do you feel about that? Okay. How do I feel about it? Well, I know there's a lot of Obviously, there's as, as many opinions as there are interior designers that well, would talk about this. But I think historically, at least in talking to you, you've mentioned that people, traditionally interior designers, have not been friendly to portrait photographers. And I think you've told me stories of people feeling like they've done all this work for, and had this relationship with a client or a family for years. And then a new designer comes in or a designer comes in to do their house and all of the expensive and beautiful photography is relegated to like the basement or, you know, the kid's <laughs> room or whatever. Right. Kind or of, or they might even have like a competing interest, like the interior designer saying, no, don't put that picture there or whatever, right. you know? So I, right. I, I hear that from different, different portrait photographers will say, well, I don't like working with interior designers because they, they hate us or they just tell our clients not to use us. And so I just wondered what your thoughts were like, what could you guess at the rationale behind an interior designer that would say that? And then what are your own thoughts? Well, I think there's a couple of reasons. One, if the, if the work's not great, obviously designers are going to be opposed to that. Also, it also depends on the client and the house. Some people only have pictures in private areas. Some people want a big family portrait over the fireplace. Some people just have art collections and just want photos in, in different areas. So it really pays to pay attention to what the client's saying and what the client's wanting. And so for me personally, I know that when we've done homes and we do the big reveal and we walk people through the house, even though I've been working on this project for two to three, maybe four years, 
what really makes it feel like their home is seeing their own photography, the photos of their, their family in the home. And so, um, I make a point to include that, whether it's in wall galleries or even getting photos, putting in all the tabletop picture frames and or rehanging and using, possibly reframing some of their portraiture. So for me, that's always like a slam dunk in that like it's really home when your pictures are in the frames and on on the wall. Right. So I view the photographers as an ally. However, I have worked for some clients who I can tell Year after year, we're talked into six huge portraits of the same photo shoot. You know, so center photo is, you know, what, a 30 by 40 of the whole family. And then there's a 16 by 24 of the kids and then a 16 by 24 of the parents. And then one of the girl and one of the boy. And it's huge and it takes up a whole wall and it's got Larson jewel framing that's like four inches thick. And they did that every year. Yeah. No house can tolerate that much from every year. And they're all in the same outfits. Right. So, so to me, and then sometimes the framing matched the photo shoot versus Mm -hmm. matching the house. Mm -hmm. Another thing that drives me bananas is multi-image frames. Meaning multiple images within a single frame? Yeah. Like Costco special three on, you know, nine by three by three squares in a one big frame. We just had like a whole host of portrait photographers just slammed their phone to the ground and turned it off. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, I I agree. I am philosophically opposed to multiple images in a single frame. I'm philosophically opposed to it. I don't like it. Why don't you like it? I know why I don't like it, but I've never asked you this. Why don't you like it? First of all, the images are too small. You can't see it. It's like when you get a Christmas card and there's like 12 images on the Christmas card. It's just, it's too much. And and pick like one or two or four amazing ones that stand on their own that are different. And then if you're planning long-term, if you want to be someone's photographer over the course of their whole lives, you have to think about where is that photo going to live? You know, when it's their two-year-old photo that, oh, they're so cute. Maybe it's like pride of place because they're the first kid. Then it gets put in a wall gallery and then it gets maybe in their bedroom and then it gets thrown in the back of their closet when they're teenagers because, you know, they forbid any images of themselves to be seen. And then (laughs) they buy a house and get their own family and then it goes to their house. So if it's in a multi-frame, you've just relegated that multi-frame thing to the garbage or being broken up and put in albums. I think that's an important point because... To me, the multi-image in a frame or the multi-image on a card, what that tells me is you're just looking for a way to monetize the fact that you did not guide that client's decision-making process. So it's like you could have, you know, you're selling art, you know, wall art to a client or furniture to a client. Well, why don't we just have all the different chairs? Yeah. You know, it's like, no, you have to curate that. That's your job. Well, it's just like when we get to a point in a project and clients continue to see Pinterest or watch HGTV or pull images. And we're saying, well, what about this? Well, what about this? What about this? It's like, okay, they're all good ideas, but we can't use all of them in the same room or in the same house or in the same project because that's just, it's just not, it's not editing. It's not curating. It's not picking a lane and, and going down to what really is right for that project. Right. And that's a reductive, like narrowing. And that's at, and your job. In fact, we were just, I was just talking to Brad Levitt this morning, recording another podcast and talking about how you just 
that the great thing about working with an interior designer is that, or an architect is that they have a clear vision of what the end result is going to be. And then that already determines, you know, predetermines a lot of those lanes so that you don't have to keep revisiting something again and again and again, you know, and those are probably the hardest clients to deal with. It's the ones that just keep, you know, nothing is ever decided. Nothing is ever, you know, closed down. We just keep leaving everything open. Everything's, yeah, an option. Like the dreaded phrase is, well, I know there's something out there. (laughs) We just haven't found it yet. So yeah, our job is to be a filter and, you know, depending on the project, if it's a huge house, you can incorporate a lot of things. Maybe Um, if it's a smaller house or you're just working on a room, it becomes a tighter filter with what can fit into it. So we, we usually come up at the beginning of a project with like a project narrative or a conceptual blueprint. That's like, you know, people always want to say when they're building a house, I want to tell my friends, what style are we? What style are we? Mm. And they want to use the newest buzzword, but then the trendy buzzword then becomes like the hated buzzword because forever it was Tuscan and now we all abhor that. And then, you know, modern farmhouse has been played out a lot. So we try to come up with a kind of a a vague, but (laughs) arbitrary name for them if they need a, if they need a style, but basically we're creating their own, you know, their home, the, right. their, whatever their name is, that's the style that we're coming up with. And it can be influenced by a lot of things, but it, we narrow it. And so if they show us something too formal, it's like, no, that doesn't fit within our narrative. So I guess how that would relate to portrait photographers, if you know where these things are hanging, you know, if we're talking about portrait photography in the home, right. hanging on a wall is before you even shoot it, before you pick clothes, before you pick the wardrobe, where is it going? And what does that space look like? And is it traditional? Is it modern? Is it a mix? Is it like right. Transitional. A, a French pied-a-terre with a modern art? Or is it a modern place with a really broke frame? You know, I mean, yeah. it's, there's not to say you can't, can't mix, but obviously if you're going to do like someone's cheer picture in their cheer outfit, that's probably not going to go in the living room, you know? So I think right. it's just strategy. Don't you think that's, that's probably where people get sideways with an interior designer is that maybe they aren't taking into account that the interior of that home, when you're working with a client at that level that is paying for that interior design service, that you're collaborating and certainly your vision is part of it, but it's part of a bigger vision. And so you're helping fulfill not only the client's vision, but also the interior designer's vision and getting on board with that rather than trying to just shoehorn, like you said, the chair picture or the fairy picture or whatever in a place that it doesn't belong. And that makes me think as you were talking... I think really the theme of this, even as we talk, you know, whether you're talking about chair pictures in the dining room, uh, multiple images on a single, you know, in a single frame or whatever, is just becoming the concept of becoming a trusted guide or a trusted advisor for your client. And I think that's why I wanted to have you on because you are so that like you're spending two, three, sometimes four years with clients and you're, you know, more than you want to know about their life, you know, every single nuance of their life. And so you are having, and you're having to curate from all of these options that are out in the the design world of all the furniture options, all the fabric options, all the paint, you know, all the things and bring that down and show those to a client, which we are just almost like very narrow part of that. Like we're just like the Mm -hmm. wall art, but I feel like with portrait photographers, one of the biggest mistakes we make is we show too many things. We don't do what interior designers do, which is go out, look at all the things and then tightly curate for that client so that they're not being overwhelmed. 
So how do right. you do that with your with your clients? Just maybe tell us a little bit about your process of, you know, how do you what what is that process like? Like maybe the consultation process or how do you reduce all those options or right. Well, I think your first, you know, meeting, at least for us, first meeting with the client is I try to do way less talking than they do and let them tell me about their life and how they live and how they see this house coming to fruition and this project. Is it a second home? Is it a main home? Are they entertainers? Are they introverts? And they want it all, you know, they're security freaks and they don't want any windows or, you know, (laughs) (laughs) a bunker. They would like a concrete bunker. Yes. So getting to know them, and I think same with taking a photo is just, you know, what what moment in life are we celebrating and uh, what are we trying to capture and then where is it going? And I know too, when we're talking about portrait photographer, which is very similar to wall art, when we're thinking of, so when we're doing a plan for a house, you know, years in advance of when it will actually be built, we plan all the lighting. And so we kind of are already thinking, okay, this will be a wall for a family gallery. This will be a wall for a piece of art. This will be a mirror. And we're kind of planning those things. And what goes into planning those is how is the family experiencing it? And so I would never hang a ginormous, huge abstract canvas in a hallway where you can't get away from the picture to see it, or you, you don't come like a T, you know, it's like at the end of a hallway and you see it. Right. If you're too close to it, you're not appreciating it. You're not seeing how the light hits it and the texture and the drum. You notice in museums, you can always stand away from the artwork. Now, if you're doing a fun gallery that's floor to ceiling, smaller pictures and found objects and cool things, and you can get right up to it, it's more, you know, personal Then, so I, I think you have to think about scale. I think you have to think, how are people walking through their house and experiencing what I'm doing? So when we're meeting with someone, one of the huge things for me is to go see their current house. Mm. And some people don't want to do that because they're like, oh, it's a mess. I hate it. I hate everything about it. Right. But I can learn a million things walking through someone's house about how they live and how they, like what? you know, how I kind of need to know about that. Oh, for well, example, just give me a couple. For example, examples. like, well, first of all, I can tell if they're into family photos or not. I can mm-hmm. tell if they have good art or not. If they, again, as much as we're kind of giving crap to photographers for overselling to clients, I've had a lot of clients who worked with a designer who's oversold to them. You know, mm-hmm. there's just crap on every surface or really bad art or too much of, of, of a good thing. So I think one is we walk through it to see what don't they like about it. So what do we need to incorporate in the new place? Mm-hmm. And then we also walk to get a common language. Like when they say this room's big, well, big to you might be small mm-hmm. to someone else. That's interesting. So I like to have like the dimensions. I like to get the floor plan of their current house. And so when I'm showing them the new house and I say your master bedroom's 20 by 24, I can say it's a little bit wider or a little bit skinnier. Like I can put it in terms that they understand of their current house. Because you're helping them visualize because you know what that's going to look like because that's your training and that's your, what you do. But they, they can't look at a floor plan. Most clients, I I would, I would bet can't look at a floor plan and go, this is going to feel big or this is going to feel tight or whatever. Well, and we're doing it in three dimension too, because, you know, ceiling heights, um, some, I think a lot of homes, at least out here in the West that people, you know, especially builder homes, they just thought the higher the ceiling, the better. And that's not actually true. You know, really tall ceilings can sometimes make a space feel very small. 
So I think the goal of walking through someone's house for me would be see what they have, see what they don't like, see how they live. But I can tell things right away. Like, does she have a lot of stuff on her vanity counter or does she hide it all away? Does she like open storage? Do they have a bunch of crap? Are they a minimalist? You know, all of those kinds of things. How much closet space are we going to need? What side of the bed does he sleep on? What side of the bed does she sleep on? You know, are they, do they have a plug-in toothbrush? I mean, there's, it, it goes down to the minutia. Of right. Everything. Well, and also like, is there mail piling up on their counter? Do they need a place for right. the, the right. stuff to land when they come in? And really that's a good example for us as portrait photographers to maybe do the same and look at what clients already have. And that's one of the things right. on our like consultation sheet I'll ask is, what do you already have? You know, so if they have right. like a ton of location work or at the beach or, mm-hmm. and it's all like full length family or right. really tight, close, then we need to be looking at that because if those are going to hang together with, with the work that I'm creating, then we need to give them some variation or, you know, right. something going to like flow together. Right. And so that's in my world, that's like, okay, they have this furniture and they want to keep it. Is it going to work with the new house? Is it going right. to work with the new style? And then if they have a bunch of photography or art stacked up in a corner, that also tells you something, you know, that it never made it on the wall. And was that because no one hung it or they didn't like it or they were guilted into buying too much or, you know, all of, all of the things. So yeah, I think seeing where they live or or what they have now for you guys, it's, you know, what is their experience with portrait photography and what do they already have and what do they like and don't like about it, I think can set you up to be really successful. So when you are meeting, let's just say on the, on the idea of curating. So you've gone through the process, you've met, you've gone to their house, you've seen how they live. You kind of have an idea of the style that they're, you know, you picked a lane as far as like, Mm -hmm. whether it's going to be like, you know, modern French country or whatever. And we kind of have that in mind. And so now you're going to that meeting where they come in and they are looking at the finishes. So how she does this, for those of you who have not been through the process, which is so cool, is Caroline has all these trays and each tray is a room and it will have the sample. So it might be fabric samples. It might be tile samples, paint. I don't know what else. Cabinetry, hardware. Right. All the things, all you know, the, so all the surfaces, yeah, all the surfaces, and so then you're going to look at that. And so, I'm standing there in front of a tray of a room. So, let's just say that it's a master bedroom, for example, and I'm seeing like the carpet or the flooring, the wall color, molding, you know, maybe some furniture, mm-hmm. whatever. But there are multiple options for each thing, but not very many, right? So, how so do you what, decide what how many we like to, show? to do? Yeah, well, usually, I think. Three to five. Five is a lot. Three is really good. I think sometimes we'll make multiple trays. Like we'll have a meeting with clients who we've looked at all these images and kitchens. And and so we're going to say, okay, this one leans a little more masculine. This one's a little more industrial. And this one leans a little more feminine. And here's some concept images that look like this. And then here's the materials that support them. And then here's the next one. And here's the concept images. And then here's the materials that support them. And so you're kind of framing the materials you're suggesting within a concept picture that they can visualize and, you know, words that, that make sense to them. So I think what you guys do when you mock it up, on their wall, you know, when you use your software that shows them how big it is in the room. I think obviously when you see a price sheet, a portrait photographer, you're like, okay, smaller, smaller, smaller. 
But right. when you put it on the wall, you actually want it bigger, 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 maybe bigger things and fewer things, right? Right. So I think it's just, it's always about giving them all the information to make the decision. And so if if you're not giving them all the information, you're not saying, okay, it fits in our context. It fits in our conceptual narrative. It's going to look like this. So concept image, it's going to kind of look like this. And we're famous for saying, take this image and this image and they have a baby. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. like it's a little bit of this and a little bit of this. So obviously we're not going to copy any one image, but you right. know, it'll feel like this, but it'll have this furniture or whatever. So then again, we're showing them the pieces, but we're also helping them picture the whole. So the more you can do in your deliverables and what you show them to show them what it's going to look like within their space, the more they're going to be able to make sense of it. So what do you find are the biggest, like early in your career, did you feel like you showed too many things and you found out that that didn't work? Or like, you know, obviously you've come to this process that's very streamlined. What were some mistakes maybe that you made early on trying to be that advisor that where you felt like didn't work or I don't know? I think part of being a creative is that you're constantly, when you're on your game, I guess, sometimes we don't do this, but when you're on your game, you're constantly just giving yourself inspiration. You're seeing lots of things and everything you're seeing, you're seeing through the filter of what you do. So you're looking at lighting and clothing and posing and Mm -hmm. all of that kind of stuff. And I'm looking at the interiors and and all of in the architecture and all of those things. So you're constantly seeing all of these things and we like a lot of things. And so the danger is liking all of those things and showing them to a client, showing them too many you haven't done your job. So you have to kind of not be friends with everyone. <laughs> you have to kind of like we always say finishes or images don't have feelings. So we want to make sure our clients know that we're going to show them a lot of things and they can like dislike all or some of them. And Mm -hmm. so we're not going to be attached to things. So I think, especially for photographers, you guys have just created this piece of art. Like I'm not attached to a tile that I'm showing them. Right. I may be, I may be attached to a whole scheme and try to talk my client into a scheme because that's what I want to do. Right. But you have to be unattached and what's really best for them. And so sometimes I catch myself and I'll be like, oh my gosh, we should totally do this. We should totally do this. We should do this. And then the client will be like, well, but that doesn't really work. Like my kids are going to grow up. They're going to hate that. And I'll be like, you're right. Okay. We're not doing that. You know? Yeah. So I I think not being so attached. And when you come from, and I've seen this um, with architects, when you start the process, very collaborative. So when we start designing a house and we're very collaborative, meaning we see their house we're involved in images, you know, right. we're all talking about all of these things and they're involved all along the way. Then it never becomes this like you just throw a plan down on the table and expect them to like it. And you're invested in it because you just spent 40 hours drawing it and they haven't seen any of it and can't understand it. And then they don't want it. Right. So that's with you guys, photographers, is that if you never talked about pricing, you never talked about where it's going to go, you never talked about framing or anything like that, and they just came for a fun photo shoot, and then you're showing us something like, okay, it's 20 grand, you know, here it is. Like, right. whoa, right. we missed about 30 steps there. So for me, it's not being so attached to the thing to be able like to sell something I think you kind of have to step outside of yourself that you're the one that created it or you're the one that picked it and not take it personally and be able to show them the things and let them pick what's best for them. Well, and one of the things that I've learned 
Because I could tell when people would come in and look at the pictures and you could tell the ones that they didn't like, but they didn't want to say because they would feel like they were insulting you. So they'd kind of be like, well, I mean, I guess I can see why that one would be good. You know, so you Mm -hmm. do have to, so I I will tell them before I even show them anything, I will say, okay, we're going to, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. I'm going to show you these images. And I just want you to know I'm unoffendable. If it's not heck yes, it's no. Like if you don't just love it and we're going to cherry pick the best of the best. And we're right. going to do the rest. So there's no reason for you to justify like, oh, I guess that one's okay. Like we're going to only pick the right. best. And so then they feel like, oh, she's not going to just try to sell me everything. Cause I don't, I don't want them to end up with what you just described. Right. Like, and I've seen, I've hung those images for you. Those, you know, 16 by 20, they have three kids, each one of them in a different colored polo shirt frame. Yeah times every year of the kid's life. And it's like, and they all, I mean, they're like beautiful work. They were beautifully photographed, but the subject matter just isn't that interesting because it's like face forward, smiling at the camera. Like it's beautifully rendered, but the concept isn't that interesting. So doing that with you and looking at at these clients' galleries has been really informative for me to develop for my clients that long-term plan of like, okay, this looks good now, but where is it going next year and the year after that? And then guiding right. that process. And, and I would imagine that you probably have a similar type thing in your business where it's got to look good now, but like, it's not going to stay in style forever. Right. You know, and well, so do people worry yeah. about that? Like I'm going to spend all this money right now. And then what if it goes out of style? Well, I really strive for timelessness in my work for something that they're going to like for a long time. But if, if it's something, and I also like, you know, one example is if you're going to do a huge sectional, do it in a very durable, but timeless fabric, and then make the pillows be funky. And then you can chuck pillows at any point if you want to get rid of pillows. Um, If a kid likes a theme or a color or something like that, don't put that color in the tile in their shower that you would have to like jackhammer out. (laughs) Do the tile neutral and then do a paint color or a shower curtain or towels or, you know, a fun target rug that you're going to throw away in a year or something like that. So the more trendy and the things that you will tire of the quickest should be the least hard to replace Mm -hmm. is what I say. Mm -hmm. So trendy tile is not a good idea. Things that take a lot of effort to remove and that you just won't replace, you'll just live with or something that I would shy away from being trendy. So when you see like, Ooh, I remember, I don't even know. I'm sure there's a term, but remember my cheer pictures that mom ordered that like they were the little <laughs> acrylic cutouts, like the cutouts. Yeah. Like Seeger people or something. They were called something. Yeah. Like that. I yeah. was like the little, like there's six of me, right. Doing all yeah. the cheer poses. And I'm on a little, like, where would that go in my house right now? You know, it's, well, I'll yeah. tell you where it is. It's in my hope chest, like buried, right. <laughs> in a closet in a closet upstairs. And I'm sure mom paid a fortune for it, but I can't put it in an album because it's on a stand, you know, like, so it's just like some ideas are great and they lend themselves to like retail or pop-up shops or temporary installations. And those are great and crazy and wow items that we should absolutely like push the envelope and see all of those things. But when it comes to something that you are going to live with forever, it's like your ancestors are going to have it or something like that don't you want it to be like stand the test of time? Yeah. So, well, and I think of like our mom was genius at that because she had us each photographed at two years old and her mother did the same with her children. So there's like these two and now three generations because I'm photographing my nieces and nephews at two. And so there were these beautiful, what they were was uh, black and white portraits on fiber-based paper that were hand oiled, which was kind of the thing at the time. 
and they were like, some of them were like a little bit more headshotty, some of them were full body, but like seated. And then my mom, she would always, because it was such a special thing, and these were not large portraits, these were eight by tens, she would pick the most beautiful frame at the time that she could afford. And so we now, when we when we lost our mom, we all got our two-year-old portrait back. And those we've never, none of us have reframed them because they were of that moment. They were of that time. So mine was of 1966, two-year-old Allison, you know, and, and Caroline's was 19, what was yours? 74. 70, yeah. 70, oh, 76, 76. 76. Yeah. Cause you were, yeah. so, you know, yeah. so it's like, and we can look at those and have, and when I have them in the gallery on my wall, and then we have our baptism portraits, which were eight-year-old and those were a little bit bigger. And so just, it's interesting to see how, you know, our mom purchased portraiture over a period of time for specific reasons. And then how those images and those portraits, those, the physical artifact is still completely legitimate and still hanging on our wall today. And so I well, think- And what was, sorry to interrupt, but what was great about them too, hanging together is that it was all of her kids at the same age. Yes. Even though you would never see all of your kids at the same age. Yeah. So you, you would, we would look at each other and be like, oh my gosh, she looks like grandma. And she looked, you know, like it, yes. it was just an interesting installation to see us all at two on the same wall. And then again at eight, and then there were our bridles, you know, so. Yeah. Well, and I love too that like each of our outfit were, because obviously two-year-olds not picking out their outfit. And so right. it was us, but it was also clothed by our mother. You yes. know, like you had the little like <laughs> strawberry dress and I had the little yeah. pink like smocking or whatever. Like, so right. it was, you know, it was clothed by our mother. It was conceived of by our mother. It was framed, you know, all those things. Mm-hmm. But those were, they're so special. You know, those are the things that we would, you know, that, that well, and it was, treasures. I mean, we don't really remember the two-year-old one, but I know when I, I can remember the day I went and got my eight-year-old photo mm-hmm. taken and what I wore and how I did my hair and being with mom and then being excited to get on the wall, you know, like yep. to be up on the wall with the older siblings. And so it's kind of a little bit of a rite of passage, I think, um, oh, that's so to cute. see I those never, things. I would never, as a, as the oldest, I would not have thought of that, but that's yeah. so cool, you know, to see I'm like, that. oh, I'm going to get my baptism picture yeah. and I'm going well, to up the there. That, the thing that I love about that too, the how mom did that is that it also, there is a trajectory in portrait photography where there's a point at which people kind of quit having their kids photographed. So they'll come in like, come in hot on newborn and then all this ages and stages, right? Until mm-hmm. that oldest kid starts getting like the Bucky Beavers and isn't really that <laughs> cute or whatever. Right. And then they kind of fade out or the oldest kid leaves or whatever. And so, but I'm having these larger families where they have younger kids and I'm like, okay, so now the younger kids gets the shaft. Like that's not fair right. just because the oldest right. one like is ugly. Like how about right. let's keep doing. So I love that she had that vision to do each child individually. And then of course we have the family. I think we had a single family picture with everybody because she... Nev, that was where she didn't, she did it wrong. She, cause she was always like, didn't, was worried well, about we couldn't have been, we've been talking way too long for, to not have blamed our mother for something. Right. Yet, so. No, I know she's in heaven right now. Like, oh, uh, here we go. Here, I knew it was coming. You can hear yeah. her right now. But, but you know, compliment. she was so worried about her weight that she wouldn't want to be, you know, she didn't want to be photographed. And so we don't have as many family pictures as we might. And of course, I use that all the time with my clients. Like nobody cares that they're fat. You know, when you're dead, none of your kids are going to be sitting around going, well, thank goodness we don't have any pictures of our dead fat mother. They don't really yeah. care. They just want pictures of you and they want to be in those pictures with you. What's funny is um, just today I was sitting with a family friend of ours who's like our nanny for the summer, Ellie. And 
Maddie, who's my niece. Maddie happens to be in town. And Maddie says, Caroline, before we leave, we have to get dressed and be cute and take a picture together because I have no pictures with you. Like I always tell people, Mm -hmm. I went on this amazing vacation. I went on this, Carrie did this, Carrie did that. And I don't have any pictures with you. And I'm like, I know I'm a, I'm a mystery. I'm an enigma. (laughs) I don't want anyone to see me. And then Ellie piped up and she's like, the last picture I have with you is when I was in seventh grade. And so like, we're all going to get dressed tomorrow because I have to actually leave the home office and go to work. I can't even feel how like you clenching over this. Yeah, the clenching, right. I'm like, it's going to have to be a (laughs) selfie style from a high angle. Right. Um, And yeah, but people do want, yeah. So back to that, like, just because you're all wrapped up in your head about how you look doesn't mean that you shouldn't participate in the, in the photo. Yeah. But nobody's worse. Easier said than done. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah. Whenever I re-update the headshots, I'm always like, Stacey will take two pictures of me and I'm like, give me the camera. Let me look at the back of it. And she's like, stop. We got to get in the groove or whatever. And I'm, yeah, it's the worst. It's yeah. bad. Okay. Yes. So we've, we've strayed a little bit, but I think that that was good. So to bring it back to the beginning of like photographers and interior designers, I just made a note of one of the first things that you said is like, well, if the work isn't good, that like plays on every insecurity of every portrait photographer everywhere. Like, well, maybe that's why the interior designer was mean to me because she thought that it wasn't good. I mean, the male photographers aren't thinking that. They think they're great. But like most of the women are going to like, they just want to beetle when you said that. So I think that probably it isn't necessarily that the work isn't good. It also is maybe just that they, like you were saying, they didn't think about ahead of time where that was going to go and have the bigger vision. So if a photographer were to run into a nice little interior designer, let's say that they came up against an interior designer with a client, a client who's building a house or whatever, and the client is wanting to order something and the interior designer is kind of putting the kibosh on it. Or what is a way that they could collaborate? What are the words that a nice little photographer can say that will allow them to collaborate well with an interior design professional? Well, I would approach it as collaboration and just say, look, we captured some really great images that the client really loves. And you know the house that you've been working on. And I'm sure you have ideas about where they should go. And so let's talk about that. You know, like assuming they're going in the house, this isn't asking for permission. Obviously the client got you to take the pictures and likes the pictures and wants the pictures. So you're coming from a place of assuming that they will be in the house. Right. This isn't like, oh, can you give us a wall here? And maybe we can put a couple, you know. So I think just coming from a place of this is where the client really loves these. We can do a set of three. We can do one large. Here's some options. What do you think? And if they're good at what they do and they want to keep their client happy and they realize that you're an asset to them, then they'll be collaborative and they'll say, oh my gosh, those are so great. Let's do it. We have a wall here on the way to the kids wing, or, you know, we have a wall here in the master that could show all of their married kids or I I don't know. Right. right. Whatever. To give you ideas. Yeah. And I actually did have a call this afternoon. One of my clients put me in touch with her interior designer and she said they're remodeling while they're out of town this summer. They hadn't ordered a lot from their last session. They'd just done an album. And so she says the interior designer wants to use some of your work down the hallway. And so we kind of played phone tag and I got on the phone with her today. Well, I don't know her. I've never worked with her before. I don't know where she's coming from. And so I just kind of led with, I said, look, here's what I want you to know before we, we talk about this, that I'm not offendable. None of my images are precious. Like as far as like, oh, you know, you're going to offend me. And my goal would be to help you fulfill your vision for the best. 
for the client, you know, so that the client Mm -hmm. has what she wants. And she immediately was like, thank you for that. I, yes, that's, that's Mm -hmm. so great. Thank you so much. And so then she was like, well, what do you think? And what do you think? So she was really willing then to take my opinion, which I thought was great. And then she was kind of like hemming and hawing. And I was like, what's going, you know, there's something that she wants to say, but she's not saying. And she's like, well, going back to that, like not wanting to offend, like she has some digital files from another photographer that I would really like to include. They're not to your quality, but I just think that it shows the, you know, their little boy growing up. And I said, mm-hmm. absolutely. Let's, let's print those at the same time. And we'll just right. put them all in there together. And she literally like went, <sighs> Like, she's like, oh my gosh, are you serious? You would do that? And I'm like, yeah, of course. She was so grateful, you know? So I think sometimes we build up in our head what people like, oh, they're not going to do this or they're going to think this. But if we just come in and say, hey, we're team player. We all want, we're on the same page. You're the trusted guide in the interior design department for your client. And I'm the trusted guide and advisor in the family portrait department. And then if we work together, I can advise you on my expertise and then you can help me with your expertise. And we actually help each other because you can make my work more interesting and better because you have the artwork background and all that. And then I can help you make things better by taking digital files that have been photographed by some other client and making those happen for them. And then the client's happy and then you didn't have to do it. Right. A hundred percent. And that's, and that's where I think, I think the problem I'm guessing, but I can foresee that a one, one way that it could go sideways very fast is if it becomes a, a pissing contest of who knows the client the best. Uh-huh. Like I've been photographing them for 20 years mm-hmm. and then, and then you're like, I've been working on this friggin' house for two years of my life and I am not, you know, so right. I think if you just come at it with like, we're allies, we want the same thing. We want our client happy. We know she loves the photography, the pictures of the kids, whatever. And we know that she wants the house to look great and fabulous. And so how are we going to make both of those things happen together? And that is part of like letting your ego go and maybe using printing someone else's work or incorporating someone else's work. Cause no one, no one comes very rarely does a project happen that they don't already own furniture or already have pictures. Right. So, you know, to, to think that we're going to have this perfect, like we we're starting Throw with everything nothing. away. Yeah. Right. It's, it's like, it's like you got married and I don't, don't tell me about any of your previous boyfriends or relationships. Yes. Yes. I want to be the only one ever, ever. Right. Yeah. Right. So I think that that's, um, yeah. I think that's a good way to approach it with the designer and then be, I guess, just, just be humble and and open and hope that they're the same. And then I think you can go from there Yeah. instead of coming in hot and defensive and yeah, I know them so much better than you. And I, well, she really wants this, you know, she wants a eight foot by eight foot portrait of herself over her bed. She wants it. I know she does, you know, like, yeah, it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Right. Well, and also just assuming the best in the other person, you know, which, mm-hmm. you know, I think we could close with this actually is that one of the yes. great things where I'm the oldest of six siblings and, and Caroline is the middle of the six. There's four girls, two boys. But one of the things that is the greatest joy of our life is that all of our siblings like are our best friends. Like we're tight and we love each other. And how we've got there from fighting to the death in the cage of sibling rivalry at growing up is that I think we've all reached this place of just assuming the best. So of course we annoy each other. Of course we're not perfect, but we assume we, we roll in and try to assume the best about each other and in client relationships and vendor relationships and working with other 
service professionals, mm-hmm. if we can come in with that mindset of like, assuming that they're not out to get me and not out to sink my ship. Um, right. And how can I help? And where is a place that we can get on the same page and both be the trusted advisor for this client and right. allow her best result to come to fruition? And then you're both winners. And then she's going to brag about you to everybody. Right. Uh, yeah. It's not, a z- it's not a zero sum game. Like we can both be yeah. successful. We can both be profitable. We can both be successful. Exactly. We can both be represented in their home. Yeah. And the right. worst thing to do is to argue and put the client in the middle. Just a little side note. If you do get in a contentious relationship with someone is putting the client in the middle just makes more work for her and right. you become the problem. The problem isn't the problem. You're the problem. So yeah. that is great advice. Well, Harry, I know that you are so slammed right now and so busy and I appreciate you taking the time and I love you to pieces. Love and um, what are we having for dinner tonight is the most important thing. No, no, no. Take out DoorDash. Okay. Okay. All right. I love you a long time. Love you a long time. Okay. Okay. Thanks. You can find more great resources from Allison at dotherework.com and on Instagram at do.the.rework. 